Hello, I'm Prophet Beatrice Valerie Nero and host of the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet. Welcome to part two of the episode entitled, Is Yours Still Empty? Last week, God led me to share with you from John 21. From that particular chapter in the Bible, we focused on the fact that the disciples had gone back to fishing, but were catching nothing. Peter had removed his outer covering, it's to be assumed, in order to be more comfortable in his endeavors to catch actual fish when the instructions they had been given by the Savior was to fish for souls. We all have the understanding that fish represents souls from the historical artifacts as well as the emblems we see today on bumper stickers and so many other Christian objects. In fact, it's believed that during the time of persecution against followers of Christ, that a signal to other followers was a drawing of a fish. As it should be, there are still those who are fishing for souls trying to bring a great haul of believers into the kingdom of heaven. But for many of those fishers, their endeavors have been fruitless. They're not catching and keeping anyone. They're casting out, but the nets are remaining empty. And as shared in last week's episode, an empty net represents no souls. However, That doesn't release us from the responsibility of continuing to do the work of trying to bring them in. God would never tell us to do something that he knows we can't accomplish. Again, as stated in last week's episode, we need to ask him on which side of the boat to cast our nets and ask him where we are to cast them. The souls are there in great numbers and they need to be brought in. The only thing we need to know is where to cast our nets. In John 21, the ninth verse reads, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. This is where God truly ministers to my spirit. I've shared this with so many others on so many occasions, but I must share it again with you who are listening today. I remember when our father said to me, Beatrice, when you enter the kingdom of heaven, there will be souls that are already here. My sisters and brothers, there will be souls there waiting for us to enter. You know how often we hear that we'll see our loved ones waiting to greet us at at heaven's gates. I don't know if they'll be at the gates, but I truly hope and I do believe that my husband, my mother, and others will be waiting to greet me upon my arrival into the kingdom of heaven. However, I also believe that God will say to me, just as Jesus said to the disciples, bring some of the ones that you caught. He will want to see what you and I did to assure that other souls entered into the kingdom because we prayed to the Lord of the harvest that we would be some of the laborers that he sent forth to bring the harvest in. 
In the 11th verse, it reads, So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. This verse tells us that there was a count. Yes, they actually counted how many fish were brought in by the disciples, and the number was 153. When we stand before the Father, will we be able to count how many souls we brought into the kingdom of God? How many we are actually responsible for for entering into his kingdom? Will it be 153 or 100 or 50 or what about even three? How many did you catch? How many souls were caught because we witnessed, because of the life we lived before others, because we have allowed the glory of our Father to be seen through us? 1 Peter 2 and 12 tells us, Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. How many not only did not walk away from Christ, but because of our honor, integrity, Kara and Morals were able to remain in their relationship with him. They never came to a time in their lives where they felt that they were betrayed by our unchristian characters and ways. Will any of us be able to say 153 or 100 or 50 or even 3? If they were almost saved but then walked away, then it doesn't count. And if they walked away directly because of us, then we will stand in judgment for that one being lost. We all love the big fish stories. My grandson caught such a huge fish that it broke his line and got away. The fight and struggle he had trying to bring it in was awesome and beyond exciting. I was screaming for him to bring it in like I would scream for him when he would play high school football. Seeing that big fish jump up and down in and out of the water was absolutely thrilling. But it got away. We'll always tell that story until he catches one that's even bigger and actually brings it in. But no matter how often he tells the story about the first one, it doesn't count. Why? Because it got away. Immediately afterwards, my grandson brought stronger lines, a longer rod, and a better reel so that when the time comes again, he'll be prepared and equipped. The almost saved won't count with God if we let them get away. And the ones that walk away because of us will also count, but in a very different way. We must catch them bring them into the kingdom of God, and we keep them by feeding and taking care of them spiritually. This is one of the things that I'm attempting to do through this podcast. I pray continually that it feeds, nourishes, encourages, and strengthens those who listen. I pray daily for those of you who listen that our Father will not only bless you, but bless your families as well. That he will keep, 
protect, and give you good health. I ask him to anoint the words that he speaks to me, even to the tone of my voice as I speak his words to you. I want to see you and your families in the kingdom of God, not necessarily because I witnessed to you, because for many of you, I did not. But if there's a word that God would have me to speak, to encourage you, to continue in your walk with him, then I count that as a blessing. I pray that he will use me to help in taking care of his sheep and feeding his lambs. If we bring souls into the kingdom and then don't feed them, then we're only preparing lambs for the lions. First Peter 5 and 8 tells us, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Satan is looking for someone, anyone to consume. And if we do not properly equip those that we bring into the kingdom, then they will be devoured. What's more tasteful and succulent than a young lamb? What's more vulnerable and easy prey than a sheep that doesn't have a flock to be among? But those who are not pastors are in positions to continually lead others, then we, would, we must make it our responsibility to be sure that those we do lead to Christ are in a place where they can be taught the true word of God. As that 21st chapter in the New International Version goes on to say, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said again, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, Jesus said, feed my sheep. We must not only bring them in, but we are also responsible for feeding and taking care of them. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen those out street witnessing, so excited about what they're doing, but yet totally unaware of the danger that they're placing others in. I used to be one of them, absolutely oblivious to the peril I was causing others to be in. I've seen those who will go to the homeless, the drug addicted, and even those who are having mental health issues and have them repeat the sinner's prayer, congratulate them, and maybe even give them a hug and then simply walk away. For many, they never return to see if that person is still following Christ or for that matter, if they had anything or anyone to guide them in the new life they've entered into. 
the one who was witnessing walked away happy and excited because they had won a soul, not aware of the fact that this is what happens to so many of the lost on a daily basis. Not aware that perhaps just the day before, if not the same day, someone else may have witnessed to their new convert. There's always someone with a zeal and a desire to win souls who are witnessing and telling others about Christ. They know exactly what areas of the city to go to. And most of the time, it's in the predominantly black, low-income areas. One of the things that the white professors at the Bible college I attended would say to the students, who were mostly white, was that, there were more people to be saved than black people. Perhaps it's a subconscious image that they have of going to Africa. But other than that, I have no idea why so many find it so easy to witness to poor blacks, most of whom already know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and can look back for generations to parents, grandparents, and on and on who were devoted Christians as opposed to going into white middle-class income neighborhoods where just as much, if not more, sin abounds. For some reason, so many equate poverty with sin and blacks with the unsaved. And the Bible never says that. But the command that Jesus gave to Peter was to feed the lambs and take care of the sheep, regardless of the race or income brackets. Feed my lambs and take care of my sheep. There is a difference between the two. The lambs are babies, the young who have yet to mature. The lambs are the childlike in the kingdom who have no idea as to what's ahead of them in the life they've been led into. In 2 Kings 17 and 26, it reads, It was reported to the king of Assyria, The people you deported and resettled in the towns of Samaria do not know what the God of that country requires. He has sent lions among them, which are killing them off, because the people do not know what he requires. We cannot bring people into the land, into the kingdom of God, without teaching them what our God requires. They don't understand that they have entered into a new kingdom under a new king, Christ Jesus, and they are left without knowing the ways and system of the king they have accepted as Lord and Savior. They've entered into a new realm without knowing the ways and laws of this new land. They don't know the direction that they're to follow. They're left totally on their own, just sheep for the slaughter. They are totally unaware of the issues and circumstances they will face now that they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Not only do they have no idea of the battles they will have to fight, they have literally no concept as to how to fight them. No armor, no Holy Ghost, and absolutely no word in them. 
all because someone just wanted to lead someone else in the sinner's prayer and get a soul saved. And that new soul has no idea that there are lions waiting to devour them. And so it is with the sheep. Even though the sheep are supposed to be the more mature of the species, they still need to be taken care of and fed. They need to stay with the flock, not only for their own protection, but also to help protect the rest of their flock so that they're not devoured by the lions. In remaining with the flock under the right shepherd, they are not only indoctrinated in the word of God, but this is the time that they will learn not just to love God, but to fall in love with him. We don't just catch fish, catch souls for the numbers, but also to enable them to develop the relationship with the Father that he desires. We bring them in so that they will stay in and then finally enter into the presence of our Father. There were three basic things that Jesus was saying to the disciples that I believe he's speaking to us today. One, don't give up on fishing for souls. If they're not on one side of the boat, if they're not in the first spot where you cast your net, then cast it in other places. Find other places to witness and win the lost. Two, when you bring in the souls, remember that there are some that are very young, immature. The young are the lambs that must be handled gently and fed constantly. There are others who are more mature. So while catching souls for the kingdom, we must remember that they are to be fed and taken care of as well. And three, don't fatten sheep for lions. It's our responsibility to know that those we bring into the kingdom are being taken care of spiritually so that they can grow and develop into mature sheep that can then help other lambs, lambs and sheep. We must be sure that they grow and develop and become strong enough so that they will be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. We must remember it's not just about the numbers that we catch, but more so about those that are kept. If we love him, then we will feed his lambs. If we love him, we will take care of his sheep. If we love him, we will feed his sheep. We will cast our nets for the souls, bring them in, take care of them, and feed them so that they will grow and develop into a strong and mature, intimate relationship with the Father. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-A-G-L-E. 
E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.